Welcome to Rejoicing Together, a podcast where we share stories of God's transforming power. This podcast is hosted by Maysville Baptist Church. It's a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church. And my name's Shane Robertson. I'm the senior pastor. I'd love for you to come by and worship with us. We have services at 930 and again at 11 on Sunday mornings. I hope you enjoy the program. May the Lord bless you. And we'd love to hear back from you. We'd love for you to go to our website, www.maysvillebaptist.net, and shoot us an email. Again, my name is Shane Robertson, the senior pastor here. I'd love to hear from you. January is Sanctity of Human Life Month, and it has been for some time now. Uh, sanctity is a very interesting word. The word uh, sanctity means the state or quality of being holy, uh, sacred, or saintly. Uh, in relationship to life, the sanctity of human life is just stating that since conception, that a person, a, that is a preborn person, is really a human. What's fascinating about this is on January 22nd, 1984, President Ronald Reagan issued a presidential proclamation designating the third Sunday of January, or close to that, a National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Pastors, churches, and life organizations across the United States use this day to bring awareness to the attacks that are daily waged against human life through the abortion industry. One of the best ways we can protect unborn lives is by bringing into light the darkness of abortion and supporting local pregnancy resource centers and organizations who daily reach women and families with the message of hope and life. Just looking at the numbers, since 1973, when Roe v. Wade uh, came into play, all the way till the data that we have in 2020, the number of abortions in the United States uh, range around 63 million-plus abortions. The number of abortions in the United States just in 2020, when we were going through COVID alone, was 930,160, according to the Sanctity of the SanctitySunday.com report. In relationship to the sanctity of human life, Southern Baptists have been celebrating this now for many years. For Southern Baptists, the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday this year is January the 22nd, 2023. I wanted to take our Rejoicing Together podcast and highlight some important things about life. Uh, on our next episode, I've invited Zach and Allison Wetzel to come and speak with us concerning uh, their journey in relationship to children and miscarriages and difficulties and the sanctity of human life and how God has provided for them and what God is doing through them. I'm also uh, looking forward to sitting down and meeting with our Hope Resource Center workers to talk to them about what's going on here locally in our community uh, concerning the sanctity of human life and our Hope Centers. I'm very grateful and thankful that uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. In relationship to that, we find that the overturning of Roe v. Wade was on Friday, June 24, 2022, when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, basically pushing down abortion uh, down to the states so that they may be able to have a clearer, more, stronger voice in relationship to where they stand concerning abortion. 
When you think about the sanctity of human life and you think about what we should know in relationship to Roe v. Wade, it's important to understand that President Ronald Reagan wrote an essay about abortion that was published uh, in the Human Life Review. Uh, It later became a book, and the title of that book was Abortion and the Conscience of the Nation. It was the only book ever published by a sitting president. The essay is one of the most forceful defenses of life and the strongest denunciation of abortion ever issued by an American president. Ronald Reagan said this, and I quote, The real question today is not when human life begins, but what is the value of human life? End of quote. Reagan also wrote, quote, The abortionist who reassembles the arms and legs of a tiny baby to make sure all of its parts have been torn from its mother's body can hardly doubt whether it is a human being. The real question for him and for all of us is whether that tiny human life has a God-given right to be protected by the law, the same law we have, end of quote. Reagan also said this, quote, I've often said we need to join in prayer to bring protection to the unborn, end of quote. He added, prayer and the actions are needed to uphold the sanctity of human life. I believe it will not be possible to accomplish our work, the work of saving lives, without being a soul of prayer, end of quote. You know, that really is one of the major Uh, things that we can do as born-again children of God in relationship to the sanctity of human life is to pray. I think about my own story in relationship to the sanctity of human life. My mother got pregnant when she was 15 years of age, and by her own testimony, she has said on several occasions how God protected me and protected her in relationship to my birth. When I think about my mom being 15 years of age, she's quick to say that as a 15-year-old, she made some mistakes. She's quick to point out that I was not uh, a mistake, but it was a mistake for with her having premarital sex before she was married. I came into the world on February 7th, 1974, but it was not without complications. When my mother got pregnant, she went to her mother, my grandmother, and simply stated that she was expecting a child. My grandmother, back in 1974, worked at the hospital. Now, don't get me wrong. My grandmother loved me with all my heart. She's in heaven now, and she uh, was a a Christian, and she uh, loved me. But before she knew me, in trying to protect her daughter, she simply said this, If you'll go with me to work one day, I'll take care of of this situation. No one will have to know. That's a common thing when in, in relationship to abortion, uh, one of which that people seem to go through quite often, wanting to protect their children. My mom, at 15 years of age, said to her mother on that day, Mom, I know I made a mistake, but I don't think that that's the answer. What's inside of me is a child. And I want to have that child. As a 15-year-old girl, my mother fought and defended me, even though I was not in the world. I'm so grateful for a mom that loved me enough to fight for my life before she even knew me. But she had a fear of God that 
simply knew that what was inside of her was a child. As for my grandmother, my grandmother did not fight this. Uh, she was very loving, very kind. And I came into the world when my mom turned 16 years of age. And I was raised by a mother 16 years older than I am. She's a wonderful, wonderful mother. And she did the best that she could with what resources that she had. I'm so grateful that I was raised in a home with a mom and a dad. For 22 years, God had given me a father, a stepdad. And I'm so grateful for him and his life. I'm grateful that he loved me and raised me and taught me the value of life and the value of a dollar. He taught me how to work hard. He taught me how to listen to the Lord. My mom and dad made sure that I got an education. And to God be the glory, on March 22, 1988, I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord as a 14-year-old boy at Coosa Christian High School. Boy, that was a day that changed my life forever. All because a little 15-year-old girl took a stand that the little person inside of her, that pre-born child, or that pre-born person, would have an opportunity to live life to the fullest. I know that there are times and situations where a lot of folks don't have that same testimony. As a matter of fact, one year, many years ago, we had a service at my previous church where we talked about this issue of abortion and forgiveness, and we offered an opportunity for those that maybe before they received Christ as their Savior who fell into the trap of abortion and saw it as something that scarred them for their whole life and carried a burden of guilt and, and grief for many, many years. We gave them an opportunity to just share their stories. Well, it was so beautiful to hear individuals stand up in the congregation with tears streaming down their face, testifying to the fact that there was a day when they made a mistake and they had an abortion. And they had asked God to forgive them. And the wonderful grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ overshadowed them and gave them a hope for the future. A hope that we find in Scripture. A hope that David shared with us. David, when him and Bathsheba had had that child out of wedlock, and the child was sick, and David uh, was there in sackcloth and ashes, begging God for that child to be healed, and the child was not on this side. The child died. David quickly got up and cleaned himself up, and the guards that were looking and watching David in his life said, What is going on with you, David? While the child was alive, you were in sackcloth and ashes, and now that the child is dead, you've got up and took a bath, and you... Seemed like there's nothing wrong. David simply said, Here's a fact that I know. I can't bring that child back to me, but I can go to where that child is. You know, the New Testament gives us insight into this beautiful principle because Jesus himself said this. He said, Suffer the little children not and forbid them not to come to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Boy, I'm so grateful to know that God in His divine sovereignty, even in the mistakes of an individual that is wrecked by sin, that God could take a little preborn baby 
and escort that little preborn child into heaven. For such is the kingdom. You may be listening to this podcast, and maybe you are one that maybe has had a miscarriage or, or even had an abortion. I hope over the next couple of weeks, as you hear these testimonies of God's amazing grace, I hope that it will encourage you to know simply this, that God loves you. And if you've had an abortion, you don't have to carry around the guilt of that. God's a forgiving God. He's a gracious God. He's a long-suffering God. He's a God that loves you. .mbc at gmail.com or you can call the church. I'd, be, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to help you get with someone that might be able to help talk to you and share with you about how much God loves you and how wonderful our gracious Lord is. As I think about uh, what happened with Roe v. Wade and the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the Supreme Court's decision, and, and I, I want to be clear, abortion has not been uh, uh, deleted across the land. It's just been pushed down to the states. We live in the state of Georgia, and abortion in the state of Georgia is quite an, an interesting thing that we still have on the docket. Uh, the question is, you know, is abortion legal in Georgia? The answer to that question is, yes, abortion is legal in Georgia. However, it is restricted in Georgia as in other states. Because of a new law in Georgia, abortion is banned at or around the sixth week of pregnancy. Uh, and there are some other restrictions uh, regarding abortion access. So we still got some work to do. We still have some prayers to offer up. As Christians, we hold to the fact that life begins at conception. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, uh, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. The Bible is very clear on the fact that Life begins at conception. I'm so grateful that God loves us enough to have that plan in place. I want to encourage you to keep your heads up. I want to encourage you to continue to love God, love others, and serve the world. I, I want to challenge you to tune in each and every week to Rejoicing Together, where we share stories of God's transforming power. I'm looking forward to next week. We'll have very special guests, Zach and Allison Witzel will be with us as they talk about their journey in regards to children and parenting. May the Lord bless you. Thank you again for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you together as we rejoice together. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rejoicing Together. I hope you'll come again and check us out, especially on the web 
at www.maysvillebaptist.net where we strive to love God, love others, and serve the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he shine his light on you. And until next time, we look forward to seeing and hearing from you again. God bless you and have a great day.